Welcome to a Slice of Orange. I'm Jody Balma. Today we're talking with Allison Munez Donicolis. She's running for District 40 for Congress. Getting to know candidates on a primary ballot can be hard. There are a lot of names. You're not always sure who's who. Lots of voters barely know anything about the people who actually were elected to represent them. We'll talk about how the lack of local media helps those incumbents hide their positions and votes when they're campaigning. It's difficult to believe ballot statements that are written by political consultants to only tell you the very best things and not always the truth. So I wanted to talk to Allison so you can get to know her better. Um, the top two candidates in this district election advanced to November with the winner going to Congress. So as we were talking, uh, I thought about the previous candidates who ran against Young Kim. And if if she advances to November, Allison will be the first woman of color to challenge Young Kim, the first person who actually lives in Orange County, um, and, and the first previously elected Democrat to challenge Young Kim for the congressional seat. She'll have a, a ballot designation on your ballot that sets uh, Tustin School Board. Allison knows how to win against long-term incumbents, and she's a chemical engineer who knows how to do hard things well. So I'm excited for you to get to know more about her. Let's get started. So welcome to a Slice of Orange. Uh, I'm pleased to introduce Allison Muniz Demicolis, running for Congress. Thank well, you so much for having me. Absolutely. So you're a candidate for Congress in the uh, 40th District. Uh, which, you know, nobody remembers what all these numbers mean, but it's, uh, tell us a little bit about those cities that, that, that is covered by this district. Sure. It's a very diverse community, actually. And um, as the engineer in me, I, I see it kind of by a map. And yes. so I'll start from the north. There's a little bit of Corona, Chino Hills, and then it sweeps into your Belinda, a little bit of Placentia, I believe, a little bit of Brea. And a touch then, of Brea. Yes, a, just a touch of Brea. Yeah. And then into Orange and Tustin, and then goes further south into all the canyons, Tribuco, yeah. Silverado, and um, then it goes into Mission Viejo, and as far as Laguna Woods, Laguna Hills, and then Aliso Viejo. So yeah. I might, uh, Lake Forest as well, can't forget mm -hmm. them. So very diverse and pretty much the central part of Orange County, none of the coast. Right, right. And and just a really just big geographic region. Yes, um, it is. It's a lot of area to cover. So this March election, ballots are already out, we're voting, um, determines who will face Young Kim in November because she is so likely to advance as one of the top two. You're facing another Democrat. So the first hurdle is to get to November. And then looking forward, you know, challenge an incumbent in a seat that's on some races to watch. Uh, you know, it leans Republican, likely Republican, but there's a lot of independent voters who don't belong to either party. Um, right. Turnout is likely to be big because it's a presidential election. That's right. Um, but this is an uphill battle. And and why take this on? Tell us about why why run for Congress. Because this community truly deserves a real advocate. Somebody who really cares about them and their issues and lives and serves in this community. So I have been serving this community for years. Um, we moved to Tustin about 13 years ago or so. And um, we moved here for the schools, actually. And, and that's kind of where I got my start in, in being part of my community. But I have also been very much a part of other nonprofits and very much 
you know, wanted to serve and, and make things better and, and, um, you know, advocate for the people who live here in ways that they needed. And so, um, and I doing it for the exact same reason, my neighbors, many of them who are seniors and original owners of the homes are struggling in all sorts of ways, whether that be through healthcare and making sure that, you know, Medicare pays for lung surgeries or even, um, wondering if their children would be able to live close by so that they can stay in their houses? Or is it their children who are trying to move here to be able to, to live where they grew up? And so um, it's very diverse, as I've said. There are families here who are struggling to put food on the table and keep the roofs over their head, and we see that in my school district. But also, too, there are other families here that have lived here for generations, but also, too, um, are you know, renting out pieces of their houses in, you know, and doing all sorts of different things to be able to stay here in Orange County. And so, um, so those are the reasons why I'm running for, for Congress, as well as I'm an engineer. I'm a chemical engineer. I did environmental work out of school and uh, the climate is warming. We need practical people. I'll make the 10th engineer in Congress. That's a fun fact. And also um, I'm tired of having our kids worry about whether they're going to be shot at their schools. And um, lastly, uh, women deserve the right to choose what to do with their own bodies. And I have two daughters and it scares me. And so all of those reasons, but truthfully, this district deserves somebody who truly cares about them. Yeah, and, and, and you have some firsts in, in being a candidate against Young Kim. Um, I, I, I was struck that you're the first actual Orange Countyan to run against her. The past two Democrats who faced off uh, were not. And, and there's no constitutional, you know, I just want to, don't, don't want to get the emails. There's no constitutional requirement that you live in the district. Um, but I think it matters to voters. I think it means that you understand the community. So not only are you the first Orange Countyan to, to run against Young Kim for Congress, but um, you've actually been elected. Uh, so yes. you serve on the Tustin Unified School District. So you have experience as an elected official, you know how to win elections. Uh, and, and and I believe that, you know, that wasn't particularly an easy race. These local elections are often, you know, won or lost by very few votes. Um, Absolutely. And, and it, you know, hand-to-hand combat. It's going to d- knocking on doors and talking to people and convincing them that you deserve that. Yeah. So talk a little bit about what you've learned being elected, having that campaign experience, but also serving. Um, because governing and campaigning are very different. Absolutely. I think, well, first things first, I was born at St. Jude's Hospital right here in Fullerton. So I am a full Orange County girl. Um, I did, you know, some of my childhood was spent a little outside of Los Angeles, but obviously I made my way back here to Orange County. And so, um, and so I'm really proud of that. And I'm really proud of raising my kids here. And so um, I'm really proud of the fact that my kids have had a chance to grow up in a a wonderful place, but also to have the diversity that California truly represents. And, um, you know, as a Latina married to a Greek, you know, um, my kids are, are super diverse just by being who they are. And, you know, my, my husband's an immigrant. And so, um, and so it was a great place to raise them. And I'm, I love living here. And so with that, you know, I, I think it was just natural for me to always be involved in my community. I, you know, my husband reminds me that no matter what role I have taken, I have always been kind of this 
advocacy type person, as well as somebody who teaches and says, you know, we could do it this way. If we did it that way, just get this a little bit better. And so um, that might be my engineering background as well. But um, you're right. This my first race for school board was in a very highly Republican district. And I was running against a 24 year incumbent who, in some ways, you know, was somewhat beloved just because she had been there so long. Not because of the work. Right. But just because she had been there for 24 years. And the reason why I ran for school board was exactly the same reasons why I'm running for Congress. I thought we could do better. We were doing the same thing over and over. And what was happening is, is kids weren't getting the opportunities that they deserve. They were not getting the resources that I felt that they deserved in certain parts of our community. And so, um, and I recognized myself a little bit in that. And, And I'm very fortunate that somehow I made it through an engineering degree at, by the way, just Cal Poly Pomona. So just a little north of here. And um, so I ran in that seat and I knocked a ton of doors and I talked to a ton of people and I beat her by almost 10 points. So that wasn't just a slight win. It was a big win. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it was some of the people did absolutely know me for my community involvement. But it was these one on one conversations that said, hey, you know, our kids deserve better. They really do. Mm-hmm. And these schools are great, but we can make them even better and we can do things more efficiently and we can really get the resources where they need. And today I'm incredibly proud of the work that we have done in Tustin Unified. Likely we will be one of the highest growing um, achievement in math and reading in the next two to three years in Orange County. And that achievement wow. gap will close because of some of the work that we're doing, which is cutting edge, whether it be really using technology in a way that no other uh, school districts here in Orange County use it, but also to our involvement with community schools. We have made our Title I schools into community schools, mm-hmm. which um, is essentially allowing uh, parents and families to connect to resources in ways they never have. And when you give families and kids supports in those ways, and literally it's just connecting them to nonprofits in this community, then right. they're able to go to school not hungry with a coat on their back and be able to right. learn. And right. that's kind of the stuff that that I think is bread and butter, super easy things. And yeah. uh, then you get kids engaged in their communities as well, right? So that they're able to do their thing. And so um, anyways, so there's that. But governing versus um, campaigning, for sure it's different. But because I think of the reasons why, my reasons why are, are the same. Mm-hmm. I'm always very accessible. I think that you would find that people in this community, regardless of whether they have agreed with me on my decisions in my role as the president now of Tustin Unified, will find that I'm very accessible, that I'm always willing to listen. I'm always willing to sit down and figure it out and understand where they're coming from and try to get a sense of how we could work together to get the things that they're worried about done or Uh address their concerns. And so um, I think that that is the reason why, though, that even though I was attempted to be recalled out of that seat by MAGA extremists, you know, eight months after I was elected, mm-hmm. I believe that that's why they weren't even able to get the signatures, because people actually know me and they know the work that I do. Right. And they know that I'm not there for a title. They know that I'm there to truly make things better 
And um, as an example, you know, as you know, we just had a, a hangar burn here in Tustin, um, which required us to shut some schools down, all of our schools, in fact. And then we slowly opened them one by one until we got as close to the hangar, which we had to do a little more cleanup and really sure. make sure that that was safe enough for kids and families and um, and our staff. And, um, you know, rightfully so. Community was worried. They were upset. Uh, you know, absolutely. Parents were, were worried. Sure. And. I went to that community. I sat in on their community meeting. I introduced myself. I was there and I said, I'm here. I'm here to listen. You know, thank you so much. I understand your concerns. I'm a parent too. And um, and a, a chemical engineer, right? I understand. This is all very valid. And so um, even, you know, if if it's not as, you know, comfortable to be in those spaces. And I think that that's one of the, the um, big differences too between me and Young Kim. That you know, Young Kim doesn't even hold in-person town halls, right? They're they're well-scripted uh, virtual town halls, and um, I think you know that's something that I absolutely commit to. That not only will was I accessible as a president of a of a school board, but I would be completely accessible as their congresswoman as well. Yeah, and 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 that's something that we really haven't seen uh, for this district. Um, you know, just that accessibility. And, and and one of the dangers of incredibly safe seats is that if you don't need the votes, you don't have to campaign with the people, then there's not a lot of accessibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so letting incumbents get comfortable like that. And 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 one of the contributing factors is, is the lack of local media. You know, we've seen such a media desert for for, you know, journalists that are able to cover all of these congressional races and votes and and the Orange County Register and Voice of OC do, you know, really good work trying to get there. But we've just seen um, that the creation of George Santos getting elected is attributable to the, the, the media not covering it until after and only because his lies were so incredibly egregious uh, right. did that even come to light. And, and, and I'm not alleging in any way uh, that we have that in Orange County. But I do think that there's a disconnect between how our incumbents are perceived, like the incumbent you beat after 24 years. There's just massive name recognition. People just get comfortable with that person. And in particular, in the you know the, the 118th Congress, we've seen incredibly extreme votes being taken that aren't reported. And so we see that with reproductive rights, um, I know Young Kim voted against the Right to Contraception Act. Um, that that should be a big red flag for a lot of people of reproductive age. And yet right. it doesn't get covered. Right. And, and then you were allowed with a website and campaign material to present yourself any way you want. So it's got to be frustrating that the impression of yeah. candidates is so different from how they actually vote. But how do you how do you deal with that? Well, you know, I think there's a couple of ways. One, I know that I really, I truly love people. I'm, and I, you know, some people might get mad at me for saying this, but I really like people more than dogs. <laughs> and so I love my dog, <laughs> but I love people more than dogs. And um, so my why, you know, always comes back to my why, particularly about always, um, really advocating for people and being there and um so and being honestly who I am because this isn't about 
this isn't about a status. And I think mm-hmm. that, that that has really plagued many of our politicians. It's about status and power for themselves versus the work that we were we were supposed to be doing. Sure. Right. And so um, I think that for me in particular, I I think that when you get involved, essentially is what I'm saying is is that then you engage your reporters in this journalistic because you're mm-hmm. reaching out to them and you have this relationship. And so I so that's one thing that I plan to do, you know, once selected. But also, too, you're right. Young Kim absolutely has painted herself as this moderate and currently, you know, is, has been on this um, rhetoric, honestly, of what I think it is, of, of painting herself as a mother and a grandmother who voted against contraception, right? And who is supported by people who do not want to give exceptions for abortions, whether, you know, the life of the mother is in jeopardy or, right. you know, other, or even in case of rape or incest. Right. And as a mother who has two daughters, so I have two daughters, they're 18 and 13 right now, who were born with a metabolic condition. And my younger daughter almost lost her life, spent, you know, a good portion of her childhood in a hospital. So not just, you know, in in certain times of her life, but for a long period of time. And who could potentially lose their life should become pregnant. So my two daughters, I fought incredibly hard to keep them alive and to also be able to give them a life where, where they could be, have access to opportunities. And then young Kim is going to take away my daughter's right to decide what to do with their own bodies and to save their own lives essentially. And in my mind, that's not motherhood. That's not being the shepherd of of children when you vote against even contraception. So, uh, you know, I think that's a great example of her um, pretending she's one way, but then votes another way. And then she she voted for Jim Jordan twice. Then she also voted for Mike Johnson. Mm -hmm. And then just recently, she refused to say whether she believed in the election results that that Joe Biden was duly elected as the president of the United States. That's not that's not not extreme. That's an extremist point of view. Right. So, you know, and I think you're right. I think, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, I get it. Families are are trying to keep food on the table and lights on. And so they may not be looking at it in the ways that I do. but. Um, I hope that they um, I hope that they understand that she certainly is not, you know, doing what what they that is representative of this community. Because mm-hmm. Clearly, that's not what they have chosen. This community what, passed Proposition one by almost nine points. So that's not what this community wants. This right. community actually wants the the ability to decide what to do with their own bodies. That's what this community wants. And she is voting opposite of that and supported by people opposite of that. And so um, we're just going to have to make sure that that message gets out. But I hope that as we approach the uh, November election that they do and they hear and and they they um, they understand that that truly, you know, um, they deserve better. Yeah. And what have you learned on the campaign trail? This, you know, this is a different scale and scope of of running uh, for a big, you know, big, big geographic area. Um, 
and get, getting national attention. So what advice would you give to somebody thinking about running and, and what have you learned? I've learned a ton. I think I've, I've changed a lot, actually. I think, I think one of the things that I think I knew it was going to be a lot of hard work in my life, you know, has been a series of lots of hard work as um, I think I, I told you earlier, Jody, before we started this, though, um, I was on free and reduced lunch as a kid, you know, and um, making my way, you know, out of, you know, a, a situation where it was very hard to ending up through a chemical engineering degree. I believe I was one of 13 students that graduated and that was not easy either. Right. And someone who did not really have, when I started, I didn't have kind of this really strong base in this math that I needed to really learn in, in that meantime as well. And then, so graduating with a degree like that, and then, you know, being in a, in a career where, and, you know, and not- I want to emphasize this because I don't know if, if younger people may not know how incredibly gendered that field has been and certainly was when you were there. Uh, when, Absolutely. When, when I was in college, I, I, I walked into the wrong room once and it was all men. Um, and I was like, what, what, what class is this? And they were like, engineering. And I'm like, there are no women <laughs> yeah. in the class. And I thought like, right. I could maybe do a side hustle of, of, of doing matchmaking among child development, which was almost all women and engineers <laughs> and somehow get them together because they were so gendered as majors, but it's not much better now. And so I can't imagine as a woman of color, the barriers that you faced in that degree. I was saying that I have three brothers. I have no sisters and my father was a Marine. And so I was always left pretty much with my, my younger brothers, especially during the summers and so I, I was very familiar with that kind of environment. So I think I did actually, in some ways, I didn't actually notice. Um, chemical engineering has a little bit more women than some of the other engineerings. Mm -hmm. However, the work that I did was certainly very much mostly men. And interestingly enough, the projects that I got were very... Um, very much, very, uh, I guess, from a traditional standpoint, right? Much more of these kind of male background type projects. So as an example, I had a project out in Death Valley where I was on an ATV sampling for, you know, a good 18 months in the middle of this very hot desert -y area by myself with just me and the fish and game guys. Mm -hmm. And um, so I've always kind of been in these spaces. And, um, and in fact, my school board, is if you include the superintendent, I'm the only woman on the board. So um, I joke, I call it, it's me and the guys, but mm -hmm. um, it is what it is. And so, um, yes, you're right. Getting through those things, though, um, was hard. But certainly, you know, I think the whole time I've I've uh, believed in the things that I, I was doing and, and really wanted. And truthfully, I really, with chemical engineering itself, I knew that it could lead to, you know, a stable environment and a stable mm -hmm. job and, and make sure that I could feed my family. And so, um, and so, yes, I, I made it through that. And now it's, it's, it has been, I joke. Sometimes I say, okay, guys, we've already talked about the football stats. Like it's good. Can we move on? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, um, but, um, in terms of, of campaigning and, and this hard stuff, it's, um, I think I'm 49 years old. So, and I do, you know, I, I think I try to stay pretty healthy and, and stay very active. 
But I think one of the things that I did not calculate, I knew it was going to be hard work, but I didn't realize it was going to be like an 80 hour a week um, kind of thing. And there's not a lot of time for sleep. And I really have to carve out time to exercise and so that I can maintain this level of of activity. Um, And so that's one of the things I've learned. And also, too, I think um, I think I've had the chance to really understand the level of um, diversity of this district in a Uh way that I had, you know, I the way that I I had been somewhat um, very knowing of Tustin, but understanding true that there's a lot of different people here and there's, you know, it which makes it's great. Absolutely. Absolutely. So any advice you would give somebody who was thinking about taking this on? I think the advice I would take them is, is really understand your whys. Uh-huh. Really understand your whys. Really do that soul searching. Because if the why is just to be there, this it's going to make it a miserable experience. Uh-huh. It's going to make those hard days really harder. And, sure. um, you know, the, the um, intent um, really should be of public service. And um, also, too, to understand really what fundraising is like. I think for candidates, they don't realize how much fundraising. Sure. And I really believe, too, in teamwork. And so I know that I'm the face of this campaign, but also, too, I really believe in the power of teams and the power of people together making incredible change. And so um, for advice for new candidates, it would be really you know, I think um, some other politicians who I won't name would say, you know, consultants are nothing. You know, your team's not really, you know, as if they were not part of this kind sure. of mission. But I really see um, my team as as the same kind of entity. And we move together as it, mm-hmm. together to this goal that we have. But I think that that translates into then working for the people that live here. Right. If you really if you really work together as a team to get something something done, we really can work as a team in California 40 to really advocate for ourselves mm-hmm. and then also um, to hopefully take back in terms of some of this extremism to really get to a place where the government is truly working for the people that it's supposed to serve. Right, right. Yeah, well, I, I wish you all the luck. And uh, anything you want to leave us with? I want to say thank you. Thank you um, for this time. Thank you um, for having this chat. And um, I hope that that people learn a little bit more about me. As as you said, Jody, you know, I am a woman of color and um, and but also to, um, you know, advocate for yourselves. Tell us what you want. Be involved. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say to the young people, if there's any young people out there listening, please vote. Vote. We need you guys to vote. We right. need to, you know, we need to hear what you want. And so, um, and that the primary elections March fifth, and you already have your ballots. So please turn them in before March fifth. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.